Um, I'm so grateful that I actually get to be in front of you guys again. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's interesting, this morning as I was preparing and just reviewing my notes, PC winds up then sending me a, a text message saying that he's praying for me and that he's thinking about me today. So PC, if you're watching, thank you so much. We love you and we miss you. All right, so I get to continue on with this series in character. And as you guys know, we typically have these abbreviated series here at our church. We have, you know, two, three, four-week series, but this, has been, this is going to be a six-week series. The reason for that is, is because this is hugely important. We're talking about how we're raising our families here. So I actually get to continue on this series and talk to you guys about uh, character and continue on what PC and what also Mike Tucci has also then uh, talked about. Uh, when we first started this series, we were talking about how character is a, is a gift that we can give our kids. And that's what I've titled the message today is character, the best gift that you can give your kids. We're going to talk about um, really a, a variety of different character traits and opportunities for us to be able to raise our families. We've already determined, and I know that I've, I've beat this dead horse a lot, but the only way we're going to do it is obviously if we're in here. So I'm going to take some time today just to go over a variety of different verses uh, to really just tie in exactly how we're going to help develop uh, character in our kids. And I'm going to tell you, this is not easy. Those of you raising children out there, you know that this world is telling them all kinds of other things other than what you're raising them to do. Um, so when you think about character, I'm going to get some audience uh, participation this morning. Character. Just call out things that, that when you hear the word character, what does that mean to you? Anybody? Honesty. Honesty. Yes. Awesome. Honesty, definitely. Teaching kids to be honest and to tell the truth. What else? Loyalty, respect, yes, I actually spoke about respect a few weeks ago, absolutely. Anything else? Integrity, yes, absolutely, huge character trait when you think about it. Merriam-Webster, the, the dictionary people, they actually define character as a feature used to separate distinguishable things into categories and the complex mental and ethical traits that often individualize a person or a group. Okay, those are just fancy words just to say this is how you are training someone to be. You're infusing, you know, positive, wonderful things into people. But character can also then be negative things that you can actually then infuse into our children. You know, I heard a, in a Bible study several years ago, um, character is actually the wisdom to know what is right and the courage to actually do it. So I know that a few weeks ago when I actually had spoken about uh, teaching our kids respect, you know, are your children, when they're by themselves, are they still exhibiting the right thing? Are they actually thinking about, no one's around, I wonder, I wonder if I should do this or not? You know, so that is what character is when you think about it. And, you know, the Bible says that even a child is known by his doing, you know, how he or she acts. And one of the ways a child's character is revealed is how they respond in given situations. So they've actually done a variety of different studies. There's psychologists and psychiatrists that have actually put children inside of a room and given them different situations, and then they've observed the behavior to see what that child would then do in that instance. So I wonder if you put a hidden camera in your house and you would actually see what your children would actually do and, and see exactly if you've actually developed that kind of character in them. Um, and also how they even respond to authority. Several weeks ago when I talked to you guys about um, teaching our kids respect, we talked about how a child is to respond to authority. And the verse that we used was Ephesians 6, 1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is the right thing to do. And then we went on to obviously how they're supposed to honor their father and their mother. Um, so when, when I decided to prepare this message, I thought, I was like, 
what can I talk to them about with regards to character? Well, character really is, other than God's word, is really the next best gift that you can actually give your kids. You know, a parent's ultimate goal for their child is to really to train them, obviously, on how to lead a godly life. And if our children are to love God and to love others and obey God while they're young, there's really a good chance that they're going to grow up. Obviously, if we're instilling those things in them, they're really going to grow up, obviously, truly wanting to serve Christ and to follow after Christ. And, and even for those who have older children, you're probably thinking, well, I mean, I've really done all my raising with my kids. Now it, it's, they're, they're approaching adulthood. There's still a chance. Remember, you are the biggest example that your child will have. Your, your children are going to see Christ in you. If you are modeling that in your home and you are choosing Christ as the center of your home, they will see that in you, okay? Now, parenting God's way is pretty simple. What are the main things that we use to raise kids? What are just the, some of the basics? Some audience participation again. Is it up there? Oh, you guys are cheating already. All right. Call the first one out. Food. Next. Clothing. What else? Shelter. We all think about that. We all probably were raised with parents who they wanted to make sure that we had a, a, a meal to eat, that we had a place to, to sleep, and that we also had clothes on our back. That was, that was the basic that every parent, you know, came up with. But you know what's even more vital than this? Building character. Building godly character is even more important than any of those things. Those are the basics that we're all going to need in order to survive, and it's how we're going to teach our children. But this needs to be our survival book as well. Without this, we're never going to help them to build that character that they need. So I wanted to go into um, what are some better things that we can actually teach our kids with regards to character. The first thing, you know, character is always going to be better than any kind of riches, any kind of money, any kind of monetary thing. We all want to be able to give our kids the best thing. I've heard so many people, I actually had um, an example of this this past week. Um, I had a coworker who just happened to mention how she went to the mall. She had gone to Garden State Plaza and that her daughter, who's 16 or 17 years old, um, wanted some kind of Fendi or Gucci bag. Or I'm like, for a 16-year-old? Really? And then that her son wanted some $250 pair of sneakers. And she literally dropped about six, $700 in one weekend for her two kids. And so obviously I let the conversation go by and I finally just happened to pipe in because, you know, Derek is not one for words, right? So I happened to pipe in and I said, um, so you spent all this money okay, for some teenagers. Um, what, 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 what is up with that? And she's like, well, I, I want to have my kids have better than I had when I grew up. I said, okay. So when that Fendi bag or Gucci bag, whatever it was, in about a month is no longer the coolest thing for your daughter, you're going to spend another three, four hundred, five hundred bucks on something else? Or when those sneakers all of a sudden aren't so pretty and white for your son, what's going to happen then? And she, she kind of looked at me and she's like, well, well I, I don't know. I said, so let me ask you a question. Did they raise the money? Did they, like, did they actually give you money towards it? No, I, I spent the money on it. I said, okay. So what was the point of that? And she had, she had no answer for me. When you think about it, 
You can buy the prettiest house and the, the most gorgeous house, and you can have 17 bedrooms and 14 and a half bathrooms in your house, and you can have all this money. You could go on the best vacations. You could buy your kids all the best toys and, and video games and electronics and everything, but all of that matters for nothing. It really matters nothing if you're not developing character. When you think about it, my wife and I actually, um, we actually have, when we've started raising our children, we decided that we wanted to build certain character traits in them. Um, and several of them you guys have already mentioned when you guys were calling out different character traits, but the first one was responsibility. And the one thing I did mention to her is, when you're thinking about responsibility and teaching these children responsibility, are they going to care for those items, those expensive items that you just purchased for them? Are they going to care for them and take responsibility for them? And then on top of it, honesty is another one. Um, somebody mentioned integrity or honesty, saying and knowing um, how to tell the truth and actually how to you know, do the right thing. And then obviously respect, which is something that I talked about um, a few weeks ago. And the other one was kindness. You know, in, in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, okay? When we're teaching our kids that money and things are way better, then we're actually bringing them and literally like leading them towards some kind of sinful nature because we're not showing them the, that money is actually responsibility, that when we're, when we're teaching them how to love themselves and obviously how to love God most, uh, mostly is that we need to show them that money is not the main thing. How they're going to respond in situations is going to be the, the primary and key thing here. However, when we actually trying to build character and we're trying to do the respect and the honesty and the kindness and, and integrity, that's not easy. You know, building character isn't comfortable. Um, I, have a, I have a story specifically about myself. Um, I, I've had the privilege of having wonderful godly parents who raised me in church, who raised me in the nurture and admonition of God. Um, but I can remember, I was, think it was in fourth or fifth grade. You guys remember the path mark that was on Route 46 right in Little Falls, which is no longer there? Um, I can remember going to the grocery store on a weekly basis with my parents. Um, and while I was there, I remember seeing this wall that they used to have of these clear boxes that had candy that you can then scoop in and put into a bag and weigh it. So I loved going to Pathmark because I would love to see what new kinds of cool things they put in those, in those clear containers. And so I loved gummy worms, and gummy worms were my, were my thing. So I can remember one time I would ask my mom, hey, can we get some gummy worms? She's like, no, we're not getting gummy worms. And so I'm like, oh, okay, mom. And so every week it would be the same thing. Mom, can we get some gummy worms? No, we're not getting gummy worms. I'm not here to buy gummy worms. I'm here to, to get stuff on my list. So every week this would be the same thing. And so after, after a while, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to ask anymore for the gummy worms. But there was one day that I decided to ask, hey, mom, can I get some gummy worms from, from the wall? And she said, no, I've told you this. Every single week we come here, and you keep asking for the gummy worms. I said, okay, fine. So while she was in the produce aisle, I decided to go over to the wall, and obviously the temptation is literally right there. It's like, woo, yeah, the temptation's right in front of me. And so I decided to open up the little hatch door and decided to take two gummy worms out of there. And while I was doing it, I was like, anybody, is anybody looking? Am I looking? No, nobody's looking. And as soon as I took them out and closed the latch door, I heard a voice that was not my mom's. And I heard them say, I need you to put that down. 
And right away, that's when like your heart's in your throat and it's like everything goes cold and hot all at the same time. And so I turn around and there's this security guard that was there in Pathmark. I'd never seen him before in my life, but all of a sudden he found me while I was at the candy wall. So I, I put it down and obviously I feel like melting into a puddle at this very moment. And he said, I need you to come with me. And right then and there, I was like, what is happening? And as he's saying this, my mom comes around the corner. Now, you've all met my little, you know, five foot two, you know, Puerto Rican mother. She's like, what's happening? What's going on? And so he goes and tells my mom that I actually took two gummy worms out of there and that I and she actually need to go with him to the, to the manager's office. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, for two gummy worms? So we walk on over. And he goes and proceeds to tell the manager that was inside there. And this, I obviously now know that this was to teach me a lesson, but his intention was never to, to make that big a deal. But he wanted to show, and he was trying to help teach me integrity in the moment. So we went through, and, and we went back to the manager's office, and the manager spoke with me, and he said, well, young man, do you understand that that's actually stealing? You're actually taking you know, from our store. And obviously at that moment, I'm like in tears, and yes, sir, yes, I understand, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> And, and my mom, I, I, now that I think about it, I didn't think about these things, but those little details where like my mom sort of has that smirk and looking at the manager and they're all, you know, doing that parent-parent thing that we all do now as parents. She's obviously understanding that this is to help teach me a lesson. He's like, I've seen you here several, you know, times and, and then I've, and I see that your parents come here all the time to shop and we're so grateful, but I really need you to understand that this is wrong, that this is wrong and that you need to understand that you're stealing from our store and we would not want for people who, who decide to steal to, to be here. So when he told me that, I knew that I would never, ever in all of my life come back to the store to take any gummy worms out of there unless we were going to pay for them. But it was a really good story on teaching me, you know, the value, obviously, first and foremost, of money, but also developing my character and to be honest and to have integrity. You know, Romans 5, 3 through 5, and I think in your program inserts, it does say Romans 3, 3 through 5, but it should be Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Building character in yourself and also building character in your children is not easy, and it's not comfortable. But God is literally guaranteeing us that we're going to be able to rejoice in our sufferings. We're going to know that suffering will produce endurance. It's going to produce hope. And that hope will never put us to shame. That's exactly what you want to do with your kids. You want to show them that these things you're helping them develop, that they're, you're actually helping produce that hope that one day, if they have said yes to Jesus that they will have that guarantee that they will be with him one day and that their life will be long, obviously, as they're respecting you and honoring you. But character is not only just better than riches, it's also better than pleasure. We all know we live in a society that we're always pleasure-seeking. We want something that makes us feel good. And that could be everything from things that we buy obviously things that we physically feel. And those things might be something as simple as, for a young lady, what she might wear. And, uh, or for a young man, the, the things that he can then show off to his friends. And obviously, we want to teach our kids, just like Proverbs 21:17 says, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man, 
He loves wine and oil. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. That's not to say that just because you like certain things that you're necessarily going to be poor. And I don't want you also to get the wrong impression. I'm not saying that anything that's monetary is wrong. God has blessed people with financial means to then be able to then use that to be able to bless others. But remember, just like in uh, 1 Timothy, where it says, for the love of money. He's not saying that money is wrong. He's saying that the love of money, what you put into that is what's wrong. And the same thing with pleasure. Just like in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people who will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. Are we literally describing the world right now? Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, he gives you command, avoid such people. These are the kinds of people that we need to then be teaching our children to avoid. But how are they going to know how to avoid these people? How are they going to know when, when they look at somebody who is acting in this way? How are they going to know what that is? Well, guess what? They have wonderful examples at home. That's you. You have to be modeling this same thing. So who you hang around with, who you socialize with, what you look at on social media, what you look at on TV, all these things play into that. Because guess what? These little beautiful sponges that we have at home called children will then soak up all that stuff from you. So not only is character better than riches, it's better than pleasure, character is also better than popularity. Now, I know that we all had our moments in high school and everybody, whether or not you were the popular kid or not, everyone always wants to then be recognized. We we've all have this desire in us. I don't know why, but we really want to be recognized. And James 4.4 says, you adulterous people do not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. So that's a fancy word, enmity, okay? That's literally someone who opposes or goes the opposite direction of God. So do, not, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He's literally telling you there that if you are choosing all these worldly things, you cannot say yes to God and say yes to Jesus and then choose the world at the same time. So take, for instance, when you leave here, when you leave here after Sunday and you go home, I said this in my previous message, can your children, can your family see the same Jesus that you, were, that you had in here when you go home? I'll say that again. When you leave here, can your children or can your family see the same Jesus that you worshiped and praised and did all your hallelujah everything up in here? Can they see that same Jesus when you go home? And in Romans 12 too, it, it gives another Another advice here, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So without talking about your kids, now I, I then direct this on over to you. Are you conforming to this world? Are you choosing 
all these things that we've talked about, the riches, the pleasure, the popularity, are you choosing those things? Are you choosing to tell, to tell God, well, I'll worship you on the Sunday or when I'm in my life group, but then the rest of the week, you know, I've got I've to go against this world and therefore I've got to do me because we live in this society that everything is, I've got to do me, okay? Well, what is this I've got to do me thing? I don't understand like I got to do me. We live in this society that is hugely selfish. Everything has to be about me, myself, and I, okay? Well, then if you practice that way and you live your life that way, what do you think your children are going to do? They're going to then see the same exact thing. And then they're therefore going to be asking for a $600 purse and a $300 pair of sneakers. They're going to be thinking, well, I don't really care about anybody else. I don't really care about helping anybody else. And you know what? And if I got to lie, cheat, and steal to get there, then therefore I'm going to do it because mom and dad did it. So do you see how huge it is and how much of a responsibility that's the key word for today, responsibility. This is a huge responsibility that we have as parents, guys. You know, but not only is, is character better than riches, than pleasure, than popularity, character is also better than winning or achieving success. Now, I'm not here to say that those of you who built wonderful, successful businesses, that those of you who are, who are really being blessed by God in, in your endeavors, that that is anything wrong. It's not. That's wonderful. Praise God that you have had that opportunity to be able to use that and then to be able to then bless other people through that. However, when your focus is that and when your focus is in your business or at your job and making lots and lots of money and then your family is suffering at home, it, ma it matters nothing. So when you think about it, Proverbs 22, 4 says, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. So think about it. All this success that you're having, if you are choosing God and making him the center of your home and making him the, the premier thing, then guess what? He is going to bless you. God's word literally says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. We say it all the time here. God wants your heart, not your money. God doesn't need our money, but he uses us. He uses those of us that he's blessed to then be able to use that in our churches and within our community to be able to help others. And literally, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. And he's not just talking about money. He's talking about you'll be rich in so many other things that you'll literally be able to pour that out to other people. Those of you who are, who are leaders within our church and, and lead life groups and lead different ministries, think about the outpouring of love and, and of and of awesome things that God has put in your life that you're able to then use to then be able to bless others. And if you also then have the financial resources to bless others, perfect. But just think about choosing that humility and that reverence or that fear of the Lord and how that will truly change other people's life through you. You know, 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. This is, once again, humble yourselves. He's talking about humility. He really wants us to, to really understand that when you have humbled yourself before God, and then your family then can also see how you've chosen humility, how you've chosen to be humble, and that you're not going to be flashy with all the things that God has given you, and you're not going to be, be 
patting yourself on the back for the things that you've been able to accomplish, your children will pick that up. And then when your children all of a sudden see that kid who may not necessarily have that friend and therefore they're sitting on the sidelines, or they didn't have that snack, and during snack time they're able to then share that snack with that, with that kid, or when they see that that child has really been isolated and a loner, and they say, you know what, why don't I go and ask my mom if we can have a play date and be able to bring them on over, and then that child who's had all those negative experiences comes to your home and is able to see Christ in you as well, think about the impact that you're having not only in your child, but then you're having them in the community. So Philippians 2.3 says, do, not, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Once again, giving an opportunity to show your kids that nothing that we do ever comes from selfishness, that everything that we do comes from humility because we're honoring God. So you're, think, you're probably wondering, well, how can, how can I help my young person stay on this path? How can I help them, you know, develop that godly character? How can I help this young person remain pure in their thoughts, you know, physically and, and in everything that they do? Well, I got three things that I really want you guys to hone in on. First and foremost, we got to learn to pick up your responsibility with both hands, okay? God has given you a huge responsibility as, as a parent, okay? When I first had our first kid, when Ella was first born, it didn't matter how much confidence I had, it mattered nothing in what I thought, because as soon as she was born, that all literally left my mind, and I looked at this baby, and I said, how in the world are we going to raise her? What in the world am I going to do? How am I going to be the dad that this girl needs? It was, it was a huge thing. So we got to pick up our responsibility with both of our hands. Secondly, you've got to be able to choose your king. Who's your king? If you have said yes to Jesus, then Jesus needs to be your king. This world does not need to be your king. You need to make sure that Christ is at the center of your home. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You need to make that the motto in your home, that when the world is going to come in, and, and it'll come in through your children and through different things and experiences, you then need to drive that out and rebuke it in the name of Jesus and said, no, in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to be choosing these worldly ideas. We're not going to be choosing this idea of selfishness. We're going to humble ourselves, and we're going to humble ourselves before God. And that the same Jesus that my kids see here when I'm here on a Sunday, they're going to see it in my house all the other days throughout the week. And then lastly, you want to get ready to grow. So how are you growing? How are you spending your time? Are you spending your time in, in God's Word? Are you spending your time around godly influencing people? Are you spending your time around people who are going to lift you up and exhort you and are going to point you towards God? Or are you spending your time scrolling through this thing and spending mindless hours and hours and hours looking through social media and focusing your attention on all the worldly ideologies? You know, Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous who walk in his integrity... Blessed are his children after him. I'll read that again. The righteous who walk in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. 
You know, once you've chosen to submit your life to Christ, God can change your character, just like he can change your child's character through you. And he does it at the heart. And he does that through his grace. So how you and your children develop character is actually considered a form of worship. So when you are teaching your children, when you are teaching them exactly what they need to do and how they need to then respond in situations, it's literally an act of worship to God. You are literally worshiping by how you're raising your children. But as parents, God has given us this intense responsibility with our children. And the way to stay on that right and pure path is through constantly daily worship yourself. And how are you going to do that? You need to stay in in God's word. You need to surround yourself with the people who are going to be lifting you up and directing you and pointing you towards God. And when I think about it, you know, God has moved tremendously in so many people here. And it's been through God's grace that we have seen so many families changed. We've seen literally mountains moved in, in people's lives. We've literally seen how he has done it over and over and over again. And I want you to feel confident today that when you leave, you have that, that awesome responsibility, but you have every opportunity to hand that over to God and say, God, I need you to show me. I need you to, to direct me. And the only way that's going to happen is you've got to stay true in God's word. You've got to open this each and every day, and you've got to spend that time with him, asking him how he's going to direct you to lead your family. You know, in the book of, of Lamentations, it says, great is his, uh, actually in verse 22, the faithful of the Lord, or the, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin new each and every morning. You're faithful to God. He's always going to be faithful to you. He's promised you that. It's part of that grace that he pours out to you. But you have to make sure that you are taking the time each and every day to spend time with him, to to seek him each and every morning, because as his word promises, his mercies are new each and every morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much just for the privilege of being able to speak to my Skyline family. Lord, we're we're raising families and we're doing all all this work to try to keep our children from falling from grace. And we want you, Lord, to just continue to do it in our families here. I want you to put a hedge of protection, and I pray a hedge of protection around each and every person here and their families, and for the generation and the generations and the generations after that. I pray, Lord God, that we would then help our children develop the character that they need to be able to face this world. And Lord, I've seen you move in so many different families here, and I know that you're going to continue to do it over and over and over again. But I pray that we as parents, we as families, would put our families and surrender them over at your feet. And I ask now, Lord God, that you would help us to take our responsibility as parents seriously as we develop character in these amazing little people that you've given to us. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for that responsibility. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to do it in each of our lives. And we'll ask all this in your name. Amen.